Runsmith Enterprises presents Topics in Endurance Sports. I'm your host, Tim. This is a special 2020 Dog Days of Podcasting edition, where some podcasters attempt to do a short episode every day for 30 days. More information at dogdaysofpodcasting.com. You can also subscribe to the Dog Days of Podcasting feed wherever you get your podcasts. And there are about 12 others or so, roughly a dozen other people participating. Most shows are 3 to 20 minutes. And I think I've listened to every single other episode so far. So check them out, all types of different topics. Today is day number 20, Sunday, August 23rd, 2020. And as I have been doing during the dog days, I'm not talking about endurance sports, but instead historical pandemics. Today's topic the 1957 and 1958 flu pandemic. Before we get into that, a few days ago, I was asking what infectious diseases or pathogens have killed the most people over all of time. And I couldn't find the answer, and I still have not found the answer. Although I did find another chart that showed the biggest pandemics of all time, which is fairly easy to find. And this chart made it easy for me to kind of eyeball things and add up numbers and make a guess. So here's my guess as of today, it could change. Uh, Number one, biggest pathogen of all time, malaria. About a zillion people have died from malaria, from what I can tell. I can't even find someone to make a guess on an actual number for this. One site even suggested that half of all humans who have ever lived died of malaria. I'm guessing that is completely unproven and somewhat of a wild guess, but it gives you an idea of how devastating malaria is. By the way, I'm guessing they're saying that because humans evolved out of Africa and that's where malaria is highly prevalent. So maybe they're thinking most of the early humans died of malaria. I don't know. But here's the bigger thing. Still, to this day, one million or more people die of malaria every year. At least that's what I read. If that is true, why is this not considered by everyone to be the biggest pandemic of all time? Why is it not a pandemic now? Any of these pandemics we're talking about, those would be very, very big numbers, especially going on for years, decades, and centuries, never ending, and yet it's never on the list of the biggest pandemics. I would not even cover this malaria, except I think I'm going to now because it just has been killing so many people for so long. I'm going to have to come back to this never-ending non-pandemic pandemic. Anyway, number two on my list, I think, would be bubonic plague. Well over 200 million known deaths from bubonic plague, as far as I can tell. Tied for number three, I'm going to say smallpox and the flu. Probably 50 to 100 million known deaths from each of those. Likely many, many more unknown. Uh, Number four is going to be HIV AIDS, believe it or not. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows that was very uh, deadly, but would you have guessed it was that high? Probably 25 to 35 million have died of AIDS. After this, it really drops off, and uh, I can't really say very well what would be number five. Cholera possibly could be up there. I think at least in many millions have died of cholera, but I don't really have an exact number. After that, there's going to be smaller numbers of a lot of things. It's possible there's another malaria-like 
pathogen that I'm just not thinking of right now that has killed many, many, many millions. But uh, I, I, I just don't know what that would be. Uh, speaking of cholera, another aside, uh, I recently came across a 1973 article that had been printed in my hometown newspaper, Davenport, Iowa. It described city workers coming across a mound near the Old City Cemetery in Davenport. It's now considered likely that this was a mass grave for victims of cholera, which we talked about in episode 14, so I should have brought this up then. Interestingly, this would have been during the four, would have been during the fourth cholera epidemic, which I did not talk about because there were like seven of them and I talked about the first three. Uh, the fourth epidemic was from 1867 to 1875. It began in the Middle East, but eventually made its way to North America. Quote, outbreaks in North America in the 1870s killed some 50,000 Americans as cholera spread from New Orleans, New Orleans via passengers along the Mississippi River and to ports on its tributaries. Davenport is on the Mississippi River. So the article's article suggests uh, many victims uh, that are in this cholera mound were immigrants who had been heading northward on the Mississippi River by steamboat and were simply tossed overboard by ruthless ca captains. The 1973 article referenced an 1873 article that said, quote, three bodies, obvious cholera victims, cholera victims have been washed ashore. Their names are unknown, but they have been given, given decent burials at City Cemetery. 1873 was a particularly bad year for cholera in Davenport. And they're suggesting that's when this mound dates from, if I didn't say that. And while there was a quarantine in that year at that time, city officials were reluctant to enforce it due to concerns from businesses. So this is an 1873 mound that was actually discovered coincidentally in 1973 in Davenport that they think was a mass grave for cholera victims. By the way, the article also notes, as I have a couple of times, that there was no treatment for cholera and that common, quote, cures included nutmeg, burnt cork, and a teaspoon of brandy poured over sugar. Okay. Let's get back to the 1956 to 1958 flu, today's topic. The flu is the gift that keeps on giving. giving. The Asian flu, as this was called, uh, was a pandemic outbreak of influenza A of the H2N2 subtype that originated in China in 1956 and lasted until 1958. In its two-year spree, Asian flu traveled from the Chinese province of Guizhou to, to Singapore, Hong Kong, and the United States. In Taiwan, 100,000 were affected by mid-May of 1957, and India suffered a million cases by June. In late June, the pandemic reached the United Kingdom. The WHO states that the death, states the death toll at approximately 2 million deaths, 70,000 of those in the U.S. The CDC states that the death toll was... Uh, down to lower, maybe around 1.1 million deaths worldwide, but 116,000 in the U.S. H2N2 was a recombination of avian influenza, probably from geese, and human influenza viruses. 
As it was a novel strain of the virus, the population had minimal immunity. In the U.S., some of the first people affected were U.S. Navy personnel at destroyers docked at Newport Naval Station in Rhode Island and at other naval stations. The first wave peaked in October 1957 and affected mainly children who recently returned to school after summer break. The second wave in January and February 1958 was more pronounced among elderly people and so was more fatal. So unlike 1918, uh, the very young and the very old were more at risk in this case. After learning about the polio vaccine yesterday, uh, as well as comparing uh, to today's situation, it's kind of interesting to see how quickly a flu, a flu vaccine was made for this pandemic. The Public Health Service released virus cultures to vaccine manufacturers on May 12, 1957, yet vaccine trials, uh, a, yet a vaccine entered trials at Fort Ord on July 26. So it took two and a half months uh, from the point where they had a hold of the vaccine to start trials, which is amazing. The number of deaths peaked the week ending October 17th. The vaccine was available in the same month in the United Kingdom. Although it was initially available only in limited quantities, its rapid deployment helped contain, contain the pandemic. So just five months after the virus is in the lab, there was a vaccine being given out. It seems incredible, although uh, the typical flu vaccine is easier to make than your other vaccines, it seems, from what I gather. A little bit more data to show how much better science was in general compared to the how it was in 1918. The case fatality rate of Asian flu was approximately 0.67%. The disease was estimated to have a 3% rate of complications and a 0.3% mortality and 0.3% mortality in the UK. It could cause pneumonia by itself without the presence of secondary bacterial infection. It may have infected as many or more people than the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, but the vaccine, improved healthcare, and the invention of antibiotics to manage opportunistic bacterial infections contributed to a lower, lower mortality rate. About this vaccine development, the microbiologist Maurice Hilleman at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research was alarmed by pictures of those affected by the virus in Hong Kong that were published in an article in the New York Times. The day after reading the story, he sent a cable to an Army Medical General laboratory in Zama, Japan, asking the staff to investigate what was going on in Hong Kong. A medical officer identified a member of the U.S. Navy, who'd become infected in Hong Kong, Hong Kong and sent the servicemen's, servicemen's saliva back to Hilleman in the U.S. so he could study the virus. From previous research, Hilleman already knew that two key, two key proteins in flu viruses, hemagglutinin, hemagglutinin, I'm sure, hemagglutinin, let's say that better, it's probably hemagglutinin, H, that's H, and neuraminidase, N, undergo slight changes or drift between seasons. This insight helped him predict the need for yearly flu vaccinations. However, he found that both the H and N proteins for this virus were completely different from what they had been previously. They hadn't just drifted, they had completely shifted. 
This new virus was a completely different strain of the flu. Get this, it's kind of interesting. Hilleman couldn't find any evidence of population immunity to this new strain, so he sent the virus to other health organizations to confirm his findings. These organizations found that the only people who had antibodies to this new virus were a small group in their 70s and 80s who had survived the Russian flu pandemic in 1889 and 1890, which we talked about in episode 16. Very interesting. I am not sure how he used that information. I couldn't find that. However, when the new flu strain hit the U.S. in September, just as Hilleman had predicted it would, the country was ready with a vaccine. The virus, dubbed the Asian flu, killed an estimated 70,000 to 116,000 Americans and 1 to 4 million people worldwide. But experts suggest it would have killed many, many more if not for the vaccine. Before his death in 2005, Hilleman helped develop more than 40 vaccines, many of them for childhood diseases. For this, work, for this work, experts have credited him with saving millions of lives. In 1988, he received the National Medal of Science for his contributions to public health. Talk to you tomorrow.